Live from the 607, it's the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, where we're talking everything going on in the world of sports. Join in the conversation on social media with the hashtag ODPH, because here we go. Welcome back for an all-new edition of the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. What is going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining us this week. My name is Ken M, and joining me in studio for a new streak, you know him. He is the co-host back from vacation. His name is Padawan J. I'll say uh, Mother Nature down there tried to knock me on my ass, put me on the uh, physically unable to perform list. I fought the ocean, and, well, the ocean won for, for a couple of days, uh, but I am recovered, I am good, and it is good to be back. It's great to have you back in the studio, and it's great to have you listening at home or wherever you're listening to the ODPH podcast from, our ODPH society. We are always thankful to have you tuning in. So let us just kick off the show as we always do. You know where to find us on social media, but we want you to make sure you're heading over to odphpodcast.com. There's going to be a lot of stuff dropping in the next couple of weeks. So if you're not familiar with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Podchaser, Apple Podcasts, you name it, you need to get familiar. Head on over to the podcast website. Check everything out. You will not be disappointed, trust me, because next week's episode is the infamous NFL preview show. Oh, boy. Your coach, my coach, the coach, Coach Duffy, has vowed and promised he will be ready with all the analysis you need for the upcoming season. Rich from 3FN is going to be dropping by, too, and we are going to be announcing who's going to be competing in locks and leaps and who is going to be fighting for that all-impressive chip at the end of the season on 607 Podcasts. But until then, we have to talk this episode about some pro wrestling. Eh, maybe. It has been dominating the world of sports as far as the ODPH podcast is concerned. Yeah, and I'd say most of social media as well, with the exception of that Spider-Man trailer. Yes, exactly, which we'll be talking to on the next ODPH podcast. But for right now, we got to just deep dive into all the happenings that is going on because, man, there's a lot to digest here. So let us kick off with the big elephant in the room, so to speak. Yeah. The one that has made the biggest rounds and biggest noise on social media. And that is the return of CM Punk to pro wrestling. Mm -hmm. Now, last Friday night it, on AEW Rampage, it was heavily teased from Chicago, the United Center, that he was going to be making his return. They didn't announce it officially, but when you bump up the building to pack it in with as many people as you can, they wanted to make sure that they made a statement with his return. It was like the worst kept secret I've seen in anything since PlayStation uh, a couple of years ago, a number of years ago, went to announce the PlayStation Vita, which at that point, I think even the design had leaked out. Like everyone knew it was coming. Everyone knew what the hell it was going to look like. And they went to unveil it. And they're like, well, and now time for the worst kept secret in the gaming industry. Like CM Punk showing up, worst kept secret in the pro wrestling industry. And it definitely was. But there also had to be a little hint of doubt. And we can't lie about sure. that. Because obviously if you know the history of CM Punk, it's a little bit messy for the last time we saw him in a professional wrestling ring. Yeah. He was obviously a well-known WWE superstar from his days from Ring of Honor and working in the Indies to when he became the man, the myth, the legend, the best in the world as we know him for WWE. Mm -hmm. And then he left very, very infamously suddenly. and suddenly and more or less took his ball and went home because he didn't like the direction that things were going in for him. Yeah. 
So it has been a while since we have seen him in a pro wrestling ring. I, I, and I also say it's probably the most well-documented uh, departure from WWE in history. They, obviously, there have been some big departures from that company over the course of the years. Hulk Hogan, you know, Kevin Nash and, and Scott Hall. You know, you, I mean, you can go through the list over the years of, of guys and, and girls who have left. But I would say Punks is probably just because of the time and age of when it happened, where the Internet was a thing. It was, you know, not as massive, I say, as it is today with social media, but it was still very well documented. Oh, it's very well documented because you have to give him his due. When he was in WWE, he had some very memorable moments. Yeah. We often refer to the pipe bomb as the most infamous promo that has ever been cut in pro wrestling. It's it's up for debate. Oh, yeah. And since that point, he has become a fixture for wrestling fans. And he has been notoriously known for breaking the fourth wall and really just doing what he wanted to do. And obviously, when he departed from WWE in 2014, it was not the ceremonious good luck on your future endeavors. Yeah. He took his ball and went home. He had a very well-known lawsuit that he was fighting for some comments that he made on a podcast. And he had been out of the wrestling limelight. We did see him make a quick run in the UFC. Mm -hmm. uh, not the successful one at this stage in the game. No. And we have seen him pop up on WWE programming via Fox Sports. We have to emphasize that with the yeah. backstage show. Yep. And we have seen him make some rumored appearances on the new Heels show mm -hmm. starring Stephen Amell. So he has been kind of dabbling a little bit into the wrestling pool, so to Wasn't speak. Wasn't there a rumor or an allegation, I guess you could say, that he showed up at an indie show? Yes. At one point along the road? Wearing a mask. Yeah. Yes. It, it's been heavily assumed that that was him. It's never been confirmed either way, but... Yes. But those have been kind of the generation, the buzz generating moments that we've yeah. had. That you know, he had, did he appear in the wrestling ring on the Indies? Obviously, the lawsuit for defamation was a big deal that oh, he yeah. won, but still left a lot of ripple effects going on from that. And his time in the UFC, which if you're an MMA fan, you're not exactly impressed with his performance. To quote uh, the great GSP, no. But to see him come back has been heavily rumored of when because with pro wrestling. Very few people stay retired mm -hmm. and, and leave. And it was very uncertain where he was going to wind up because we have seen in the past WWE has mended fences. Some we thought would never be mended ever. Exactly. But with AEW, it was always a question mark of can they land the big fish? Can they get the big free agent to join them? Because mm -hmm. for... It's, it, since its inception, they have not exactly landed those big names. They've they've landed names. Jericho obviously won. Uh, Alistair Black, now Malachi, whatever the hell his name is. Mm -hmm. Malachi Black. Malachi Black. Uh, you know, Rusev, who's now Miro. Sean Spears. You know, you, the list goes on and on. You know, FTR. You know, the list goes on and on and on of, of folks who have left WWE to join AEW. And there's certainly names. It's not exactly Joe Schmo from... You know, eastern Montana, who, you know, most people, you know, uh, east of, say, Minnesota have never heard of. Mm -hmm. They're names, but they're not needle movers. Exactly. The, the way punk is. They're needle movers for a cup of coffee and, and a sip of, of water, but in, in a couple of days. But after that, it's like, okay, they're there. You know, punk, it's been almost, you know, ha half a week, and people are still buzzing about him returning. Well, it's because it's such a big shake up in the pro wrestling industry we have to give him his due whether you love him or hate him because he's very polarizing you have yeah. an opinion one way or another about him to see him come back is a huge feather in the cap to aew because since they've been around since 2019 
landing a big needle moving superstar, they haven't been able to do. Yeah. I'm sorry. I am a big fan of Andrade, Malachi Black, FTR, but those are not going to generate the buzz that a CM Punk level superstar will. Yeah, and, and, and we don't know the behind the scenes of when the talks started and when the negotiations, when he signed. I'm sure that story will come out eventually. But you got to remember, um, up until they signed CM Punk, Brock Lesnar was a free agent for a good chunk of change mm-hmm. and a good period of time. And he still sat at home growing the god-awful man bun of his. Well, the one thing that pro wrestlers know is they can definitely negotiate their contract before they sign. Oh, yeah. And there's enough leverage between WWE and AEW that they can definitely try bolstering their their worth. And mm-hmm. I don't blame them for doing it. Mm-hmm. Get your money right. I'll always say that on this show. But it's, it comes down to where you think they're going to be the best fit. And obviously with how Punk left... Going to AEW made a lot of sense. Oh, yeah. And it's a win-win for them, as we saw on AEW Rampage, for their Friday night show from Chicago, his hometown. Yep. They couldn't have set it up any better. A monstrous ovation when he kicked off the show. Yeah. Because once you heard his infamous theme song, Cult of Personality by Living Color, you knew it was game time and everybody lost their mind. I have to say that this was probably one of their most organic moments in the sense that the crowd didn't have to seem forced to react no i i kind of debated to the infamous chris jericho couldn't use his theme song to come out so everybody was singing yeah because how did they all know the words and don't, uh, and don't say judas is that popular that everybody has it memorized it was not on the screen i can tell you that somebody uh on reddit who was in the audience for that show posted the video and it was just like a normal camera shot on this on the uh the screen above the ring mm. they did not have the lyrics up there well, that's good then, because I was fearing that that might have happened. We saw a lot of people reading from their phones. I was saying, I'm, I'm not ruling that out or even having like a printout of it. Yeah, because during the week, AEW was posting lyrics on their yeah. social media accounts for yeah. it. So it's not like you could escape it. But that felt more forced and mm-hmm. manufactured. Yeah. This was an organic response, albeit though they set the stage for it. So oh, it God, wasn't yeah. like he just walked out. No. Had there been no advertising in a normal Chicago show, I think you would have had an even bigger pop. But to see him come out. Was a big deal. Came to the ring all smiles and happy. Mm-hmm. Got the reaction he wanted. He did cut a promo. Finally got his ice cream bars. Yep. And he has announced that he will be taking on Darby Allen at All Out, their big pay-per-view uh, in September. So, mm-hmm. Pat, let me ask you this. I know you're not an AEW guy. It's very well noted on this show. What is your reaction? I mean, good for them. You know, it, I, I look at it as anytime one of my favorite teams doesn't get the big free agent and somebody else does. You know, hey, congratulations. Good for you. You know, it doesn't move the needle for me simply because when I started watching pro wrestling, well, it was WrestleMania 30, uh, I did not watch it prior to then, you know, so I didn't get to see the, you know, Hogan slam Andre. I didn't get to see, you know, Bret Hart and the Montreal screw job, even though that was ironically on my birthday. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I didn't get to see any of the Stone Cold and, and Mr. McMahon's antics. I didn't get to see any of the rock. I didn't get to see Cena and his and his ascension to the, you know, the face that runs the place. You know, by the time I started, you know, Cena was already established. You had the shield around, but Punk was gone. I I heard mentions of this and I'm like, wait, who the hell is this guy? I never got to see him wrestle, you know? And so it's, it's not a huge needle form mover for me because it's like, okay, cool. You know, 
I always, and I know some people are probably saying, they're going, oh, you were excited before. You're excited for Edge to come back. Yeah, because I didn't think I'd ever see Edge wrestle again. Mm. Given his neck injury, and some friends of mine I've spoken to in the medical, who are in the medical community, I ask them, how bad is this? And they're like, it's not even just a pro wrestling thing. It's a life thing. Like, if you're playing with a kid or a nephew or a grandkid and you fall wrong, that can seriously hurt you and, and really cause some issues. I didn't think I'd ever see Edge again. So for Edge to come back, I'm like, holy shit, I'm up for this. I always figured Punk would come back someday, that it was just a matter of when and where. So for Punk to come back, I'm not surprised. I Like I said, I figured it would happen at some point. It's not a needle mover for me just because I don't really, I've never really had that itch to go out and, and search out his stuff. I love the Pipe Bomb promo. I love the promo work he did with Rock and, and, and Cena leading up to that whole feud. You know, but... Unless it's a major dream match, like somebody from a New Japan, I'm not really all that amped up for it. See, for me, I am amped up for it. I knew he was going to come back, and it was just a matter of if and when, because let's face it, how toxic it was and how he left, Mm -hmm. I think for one, his own ego, and two, for the fans, they weren't going to be subsided with he just walked away like that. They chanted his name for seven goddamn years. Exactly, because he is over that much with wrestling fans. Because in this day and age, what rules wrestling? The internet. He has what his theme song says, a cult of personality. Oh, he does. He has a very strong fan following that... You could take a look at the pay-per-view numbers he did in the UFC. Some people are a little overzealous with their fandom, but you know. Oh, we'll get to that in a little sec. But to see him come back is a very, very big deal. And I got to give credit to the commentary team because just comparing it to SummerSlam and the surprise returns we saw there with Brock and Becky, I like how the commentary team for AEW did their intro because I I was on vacation, but I looked up the clip and I I saw what happened. You know, they did their intro and they shut the hell up. Mm -hmm. They didn't say a word. You didn't hear them applauding. You didn't hear, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, which is one thing that, like, don't get me wrong, Michael Cole's okay. I hate his reactions to surprise returns. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Like the only time I've ever think I I think I've ever heard a genuine reaction from Michael Cole was when Ronda showed up at the at the uh, uh, Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. Every other time, it's fucking annoying. It definitely is. But this was a moment that I think that they understood the gravity of the situation. Because this is a game changer for AEW. Oh, yeah. To see how Punk has been legendarily fouled mm-hmm. on the Indies. Like I said, his indie work is amazing. His Ring of Honor time is the stuff of legend. His WWE doesn't really hit its stride until the pipe bomb movement and it's, everything it's that happens from there. No, the beginning stuff he he was not pushed as he should have been, in no. my opinion. Like I'm sorry, he just he wasn't. Okay. But once he get to the pipe bomb, he finally lets loose and that is what generates the buzz that is him today. Yeah. If he never does that promo, this move doesn't mean anything. No. But to see that and the follow up match that he had with John Cena and Money in the Bank, if you want a great match to see him in that's the one you go search out on Peacock. I, well, I'm not. I don't even think you got to go that far. I'm pretty sure. I'm willing to bet that entire match is probably on WWE's YouTube channel. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, it is a legendary match because, especially with the stipulation that was at the time that he didn't sign his contract, if he wins the belt, he's taken in and running, and he did. Albeit, he came back very soon after because yeah. he did rework a deal. But 
that was the moment that he became a superstar, that he transcended to that next level. Because mm-hmm, that was, you know, the the next generation, I guess you could say, click moment. Mm-hmm. Where there's that moment with the click, you know, at Madison Square Garden where you got two a group, two groups of people who were supposed to be fighting each other tooth and nail, hugging it out and too sweet in the middle of the ring. That broke kayfabe. Yep. There was a moment with Punk where it broke kayfabe. And they're like, whoa, how much of this is real and how much of this is scripted? Well, that's the beauty of his work, that he could blur those lines. He is a, one of the best people to ever cut a promo on the microphone, bar none. Nobody's going to come near him. Hey, I think Heyman can. Heyman is up there. I mean, there's certain people that are going to come near him, but, I'm, but for when he's really on his level, he's damn near impossible to touch. That's true. But to see what happened after that and his ushering in the quote-unquote reality era of pro wrestling. Yeah. I don't think it was as big, per se, as some people might think. Like, he had some great matches with with some of the top-level superstars. But once that kind of shifted away and he started working with some other people, most notably Ryback, in my opinion, it became rough water. Now, is that his fault? No. 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 I, I will definitely say it's not his fault. But... Obviously, if you see those tapes and you can hear him say in interviews about how stuff was going, it kind of speaks for itself. But when you kind of have to shift dance partners, so to speak, sometimes it just isn't the same. Yeah. And this became where he started getting very frustrated. And then, obviously, with what was going on with The Rock returning, definitely was pushing some buttons, too. And Sure. There's a lot of factors that just can make you very unhappy and want to go. And that's where I think when he left and how he did, he was so beloved by the fans. It was like, what is going on here? So they always had hope that he was going to come back. Now with the new playing field in AEW, it's such a big win mm-hmm. for them because now they have a needle mover, but this also causes another problem. Another top-tier guy. Exactly. There's only so much room at the main event level that where do you shift everybody from here? There's only one main event on a show, mm-hmm. be it, be it uh, uh, Dynamite, Rampage, or a pay-per-view, or any of their YouTube channels. There's one main event. There's one thing that for a lot of people, if they put Punk on in the, in the middle, which let's face it, they never will, a lot of people are going to tune out. Yeah. You know, there's just one main event. Well, you see what happened when he was on Rampage. How many people tuned out after he left? Uh, about 200,000. Uh, the ratings for Rampage ended up, I don't have them in front of me, but it was 1.1 million and change total. Mm-hmm. The first 15 minutes re- uh, reached 1.3 million. So that means between after the first 15 minutes and the end of the show, they dropped about 200,000 viewers. Yeah. Not a good sign. No. In my opinion. But it's a good sign for Punk. Because the people really missed him. Oh, yeah. Well, and and we knew they missed him. Christ, he predicted his own future when he had that god-awful program with, what was it, Uh, Kevin Nash or or Hall or Kevin Nash or I think it was. Nash. Where he's like, oh, they're going to be chanting my name, you know, two years after I'm gone. Mm -hmm. And they chanted it for seven. Well, exactly. Because he connected with the fans on that level. Like I say, the current state of wrestling fans, he is definitely in tune with. He knows the internet, he knows how to work the internet, and he knows how to definitely create some hype. That's why everybody tuned back in to see him. And it was a big moment. Like, you can't take anything away from it. That is one of the most iconic moments now in wrestling, just that reaction. Mm -hmm. But the question becomes now, where do we go from here? Yeah. And this is where things are going to get a slight bit messy, in my opinion. Okay. We know that he's facing Darby September 5th. That's when All Out is. Yep. 
How soon is it that he interjects himself into the world title picture? Because one thing we know about pro wrestling, if you're moving the needle, you don't open the show, you close the show. I think for him, it might not be until after, because they don't do monthly pay-per-views, right? No. Uh, I would imagine that it might be after the second pay-per-view, because I can see him going in, you know, feuding with Darby up until this pay-per-view. And then because Darby is partnered with Sting, Right, yeah, Sting's it's, like it, a mentor type of deal. Yeah, it's kind of a weird thing. I would imagine that Punk will, you know, he'll face Darby, he'll beat Darby or whatever. And oh, that's a lock. He'll beat Darby. Oh, that's such a lock. And then afterwards, for the next pay per view, they'll set up him versus Sting. Because that that'd be a, probably a dream match of his, and a dream match of a lot of people. Well, I I could see that point too, but for me, I'm sitting there going, I don't see him staying out of that world title picture. Bar none. I just don't know how you leapfrog Hangman Adam Page, MJF, your young talent that you should be pushing. Mm-hmm. Like We talk about this all the time in 607 TWS, Rich and I do. The fact that you have Punk come in there now, he takes up a big spot. Oh, yeah. You can only have him fight the Darby Allens of your roster for so long, and then you have to have him jump to the main event picture because he's a main event guy. Yeah, You didn't bring him in to fill in your 8.30 slot of dynamite. You, you put them in to close the show home and send everybody, everybody home happy. So now is a question of, all right, well, you have a very stacked main event roster. Who's going to be taking the sideline here? Oh, God, yeah. Because somebody has to. Yeah. It, it's just, it is what it is. And when he gets rolling, how do you stop that movement? Because if, if you, even if you do, you're going to piss off a whole lot of people. Well, that's the whole thing. You've now created your own monster. So you saw what happened on that rampage where they had him debut, walk out, cut his promo, leave, and 200,000 people walked out the damn door, at prover- uh, proverbially speaking, mm. with the television audience. That's a big drop. Oh, it's a huge drop. Like, oh, it's only 1.3 to 1.1. That's a lot of people. And for a company that lives and dies by their numbers. That, and I, that's not 200,000 people. That's 200,000 homes. Mm-hmm. And and the thing with ratings is they don't count the number of people watching the screen at one time. They just watch individual homes watching it at any time. So if you just say three people are watching, you know, let's just say three people are watching each one of those televisions, three times 200,000 people. Yeah. That's a big chunk of viewership that just tuned out. Yeah. But he moves that needle. That's why they brought him in. But it's almost a situation that the inmate's going to be running the asylum. And don't think it's not going to happen. Oh, they already are. Oh, well, that's the one problem you have with AEW. And we've been very well public about that between 607 TWS and here. The fact that they don't have a Vince McMahon-type figure to really hone everybody in and really make sure everybody's on the same page. Yeah. What do you think now that you're going to have Punk, who clearly generated a million views by himself? Mm-hmm. It wasn't, unfortunately, Moxley and Danny Garcia, even though I thought they had a great match. For what it was, it wasn't those guys. It was Punk. So now you're going to bring Punk to Dynamite. I don't think he's going to open the show again. No. Because I just think they're going to slowly shift him back. Probably to the 9 o'clock hour, I would imagine, this week. Yeah, yeah, probably to start out. But this is where it's going to get very, very interesting because fans are going to tune in, and let's see how much that wave follows him here. Because they they said, or I think you said on Twitter or someplace, they had to open with Punk. Well, the problem that they had is he the that crowd was going to hijack the show. Oh, yeah. If, if they didn't debut Punk at the start of Rampage on Friday, 
let's just say he went out at 8.30, you know, or whatever time, or whatever, a half hour into the show. That would have been 30-plus minutes of them chanting CM Punk to the point where you might not have been able to hear anything. Well, that's the problem that you had when you staged the event in his hometown. Like, I understand about why they wanted to get that pop. And like I say, it's a manufactured organic pop. They could have gone to any smart wrestling town, though, to get that pop. Oh, they should like, have. Like the, like, the difference between, like, just say New York. Yeah. They could have gone to the Garden or wherever the hell they wanted to go in New York, you know, Texas, L.A., and gotten that pop. It would not have been to the level that they got in Chicago. But if they go Philly, Christ, show up in fucking Philly. Yeah. Punk's first appearance. Philly would have gone off the goddamn rails. Oh, yeah. There's places they could have gone, but that's why they staged the event yeah. there. I get I, why they went to Chicago. Oh, I fully do, too. But that's the problem that you had. That you Your hand was forced. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. Because what happens now that the guy that is your demo god, mm-hmm. let's face it, he moved your demo. He's not Roman Reigns level, but he moved that for what it was. He now has complete control of your organization. Oh, yeah. And that's the scary thing you're going to have to deal with because with a company that is ran by wrestlers. We'll say to our knowledge, there's nobody really saying, no, we can't do that. It's they want to do something. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Exactly. But when you have an organization that's ran by wrestlers as your EVPs, where does the line begin drawn? Like, that's the problem that you're going to have. Because especially if he has creative control, which I would imagine he does. Hell would freeze over if he doesn't. Yeah, I would. I can't There's see him no, not having it. With all the nonsense and crap that he went through with WWE and had to deal with, you have to imagine that that's in his contract that he gets creative control. That, yeah. that's that along with the you know the forbidden door you know aspect of things has to be one of the reasons he went to AEW was the creative control. Yeah, which it makes sense. And you know what? They've been giving it out to other wrestlers. I wouldn't doubt he has it. Oh, he's absolutely got it. But then that becomes a question that you have. Okay, who's going to win the argument? If he has to face Cody Rhodes, who's going to bend the knee, so to speak? Boy, this is sounding oddly familiar to uh, the the late 90s, early 2000s. Uh-huh. Like I say, who is going to be the first one to break? You don't know what I'm talking about. Look up Hulk Hogan's WCW contract. Mm-hmm. This is a very interesting moment for that company granted i don't blame them for making the move no i don't either and i know some people are comparing it all oh, this this is like when scott hall and kevin nash uh you know jumped and went to wcw slow your goddamn roll time will tell it's too soon to say because you know compare it and some people oh it's apples and oranges but to me it's all produce mm-hmm. i you know so the, it may be the case but we don't know I have seen a lot of video games as an avid gamer and somebody who's been playing video games since, you know, 95, 96, you know, I have seen a lot of video games come along and claim to be, this is the call of duty killer Yeah. because for a lot of years, maybe, maybe not so much anymore, but for a lot of years, call of duty was the apex of multiplayer video games. Mm-hmm. They put one out. It, I remember one, I think it was modern warfare three. I believe it came out the same year that Dark Knight Rises came out, which made a shitload of money. Yeah. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 made more money than Dark Knight Rises did in like two weeks. Mm. You know, there have been a lot of video games that came out over the years that, oh, this is, you know, got hyped as this is the Call of Duty killer. Battlefield was one. Destiny was another. There have been a ton of games over the years that, oh, this is the Call of Duty killer. And none of them ever did. Yeah. To say this is AEW's, you know, outsider's moment that, oh, this, this is the moment it changes. Maybe. It's way too soon to tell. You have to let history play out. I think it is a moment 
but it's not on that level because we have to remember one thing, and Internet fans, I am talking to you directly. There is no WWE slash AEW Monday Night War. It doesn't exist. Nope. At the time when Scott Hall and Kevin Nash did debut, there was. It was a light one, but it wasn't in full swing yet. No, right, but that was a catalyst for it. Yeah. That's what that's that was the first shot seeing yeah. Scott Hall come on screen. Unless you're moving dynamite to Friday night, eight PM <laughs> Eastern Standard Time. You're not having this war that you guys are claiming there is. They'll get eviscerated. That's the whole point. You, Vince is not worried about you. Yeah, no, he's not. So the fact that if you're thinking that this is the outsider moment, I'm sorry, you're sadly mistaken and drinking your own Kool-Aids. There's also one large difference between those two shows. One is on public cable, meaning you don't have to buy a, a premium cable package to get it. Mm-hmm. The other one generally is yeah there fox is on regular basic cable that you ain't got to pay nothing extra for by and large tnt probably is and plus the other factor you got to think too if if, if you don't want to go ahead against friday night go monday night see how that works out for then then you can make that argument about that then you can so we see what happens with monday night raw ratings when football's on exactly take your chances there because otherwise, you should just accept this for being a great moment that you landed a big talent to come to your organization. And you've made more noise than any other company has that isn't named WWE or WWF in the last 20 years. I would say this. Since their promotion, they've had a lot of hype. I mean, that's been the one thing about it because they know the internet audience and that is who they play to. And this is not an insult to them. Because half that company grew up on the internet audience. Exactly. They know how to do it. They've been doing it since they started filming BTE way back when, when everybody was not officially AEW yet. Yeah. And that was the hottest thing on the internet. Oh, yeah. They know the audience they're going after, so this makes sense for them. Because why not get the biggest internet wrestling star you can to come to your organization where your wrestling fans are all on the internet there's a reason the young bucks change their twitter bio on like a weekly or daily basis they're partially doing it for the laughs i'm sure oh yeah but they know whatever they post is going to end up on reddit it's going to end up on articles it's going to end up on facebook twitter you name it it's going to end up there because they know their audience exactly and that's the thing that they know their audience and they know they'll follow them because they're the ones living on Twitter doing what they do. Mm-hmm. This is not an insult to them. However, the toxic ones can GFY all day. Mm-hmm. Because instead of celebrating this moment like wrestling fans should, there has been a lot of toxic nonsense. Yep. And in fact, when you're trying to compare the pop of CM Punk to. Roman Reigns returning from leukemia. I've said it once. I will say it again. You need to get your priorities checked. Yeah. There is a line that is not to be crossed, and that is one, because entertainment and real life are two different things. And if you have not figured that out yet, I strongly suggest you stay off social media and get your shit together. One guy came back because he made a choice. The other one came back because he didn't want to die. Yeah. And if you're 
following that stuff, I say this once and I'll say this again. Sheep mentality only leads to slaughter. Yeah. You need to be the independent voice. Love your organization. But the minute you try facilitating this whole, we're at a war with another company. If you like that company, we can't be friends. We can't talk. You don't understand pro wrestling. You don't. You don't understand a lot of things, in my opinion. So it's best to just keep it to yourself. Yeah, and, and, and people are comparing it to the Monday Night Wars, but looking as someone who didn't watch the Monday Night Wars and looking back, part of what I think made the Monday Night Wars so memorable were those moments. It wasn't people shitting on each other and shitting on, you know, whichever show they watched. I'm sure there was some of it, but they but it wasn't to the level we see today. And part of that was the moments you saw that was, oh, my God, did you see this? You need to watch this and just go back and forth. And, and to the, the negative toxic folks on the Internet, I need to just say a couple of things. And I'd say give a warning, but disclaimer, but no, y'all need to come to fucking Jesus moment. And you need to fucking hear this. I, as I said before, I did not stop start watching pro wrestling until WrestleMania 30. And as I said before, I didn't get to see the Hulk Hogan, Steve Austin, Rocks, Cena's, Cena moments that, you know, were so seminal with prior to my viewing. You know, so I should have been able to enjoy the moment of Punk coming back, but I didn't. Because people got so fucking toxic and so fucking negative because they've got their heads so far up his ass, they can't even see the sunshine or smell the roses and enjoy the moment. Let's face it, there are people who enjoy CM Punk, there are people who love CM Punk, and then there are people who are fanatic about him. Mm-hmm. There, You and I both know people who love the hell out of CM Punk and still wear the shirt from WWE from back in 2010, 2011. That's perfectly fine. There are some people who are so far up his ass that he probably would go to a 7-Eleven, take a shit, and they'd post about it. Oh my God, guys, did you know that CM Punk went to the 7-Eleven on 5th Avenue and took a shit? Who fucking cares? He's a person. You shouldn't care that much about a person that you treat him like a god or a deity. And to the negative folks who are just going to bat and going to war for their own company or federation, WWE, AEW, ROH, New Japan, I don't care who it is, if you're shitting on another promotion because you don't enjoy it, shut the fuck up and why are you watching? Mm -hmm. I had to block somebody on Twitter. I won't name who they are, but I I I had to block somebody on Twitter. Be, and, and I knew that they were an AEW fan because they would post heavily about AEW and only occasionally about WWE, but it didn't bother me all that much. I'm like, it's, hey, it's your opinion. That's one of the beauties of being humans in the human race. You are free to choice and like what you like. Ken is a Buffalo Bills fan. I am a Patriots fan. Coach is a New York Giants fan. The New York Giants have beaten the Patriots twice in the Super Bowl. To this day, I still cannot watch those highlights because it hurts me. I don't shit on him for it. I rib him every now and again. Yeah. But that's, you know, that's part of being a sports fan. You know, everybody likes different flavors of pie. Ken, what kind of pie do you like? Pumpkin, actually. We know what kind of pie dog likes, poontang pie. (laughs) You know, coach likes whatever pie he likes. I like cherry pie. I don't shit on Ken for liking pumpkin pie. It's his choice. Ken plays Xbox. I play PlayStation. I don't shit on Ken for playing Xbox. It's his choice. He's free to do whatever the hell he wants. If you are somebody who likes AEW, good. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you tune in, and I hope you have a lot of memories that you go to the YouTube page, favorite the videos, make a playlist, and watch them all just for the nostalgia and the feels. 
in the same goes for WWE. If you, I hope you watch the show. You get a lot of moments you enjoy. Make a playlist and watch all your favorite moments back over the years just to bring you back some joy. But if you don't like a show, why the fuck are you watching it? There was so, as I said, to get back to my point, there was somebody I follow on Twitter who I knew was an AEW fan and wasn't the biggest WWE fan. But like I said, it's his choice. He's free to make that choice. You know, and, and spent four hours on Saturday shitting all over SummerSlam. So, and I'm sitting there going, why the fuck are you even watching this if you don't enjoy this? If you don't like a movie, you don't keep watching it. You know, if it's at a theater, you can get up and leave. Mm-hmm. AMC, Regal, you know, Alamo Drafthouse, whatever theater chain you go to isn't handcuffing you to that chair and saying, nope, you paid your money. You got to sit your ass through this. You can get up and leave. Lord knows I've done it a few times. Facts. If you if you watch a movie on Netflix, Hulu, HBO Max, Disney Plus, whatever streaming service you use, and you don't like it, you can get exit out of it. You you know those companies are not holding a gun to your head and saying no, motherfucker, you got to sit through this. You can turn it off. If you buy a video game and you don't like it. You can turn it off. You can sell it. You can sell it back to the company. Lord knows I did with that god awful Activision Walking Dead game with Daryl. That game was a piece of fucking shit. I played it for all of twenty minutes, went back and returned it. You know, Activision and in GameStop didn't say you got to keep playing this. You but you spent money on this. You can. You don't have to watch it if you don't enjoy it. Why the fuck are you watching it? That's the biggest problem. And, and this person further on went to say, oh, I'm done with WWE, hope you enjoy the crap. And I'm like, okay, good, they're going to tone down about it. And then proceeded to post about it even more. If you don't like something, turn it off. Don't keep watching it just to shit all over it for people that do enjoy it. Because was SummerSlam perfect? No, we'll get into that in the next segment. But I did enjoy the hell out of it. But I got to admit, it was marred a little bit by people shitting all over it because they don't like it and they just did it for the clicks. And that's the biggest problem with the internet. And I want to even flip it to the toxic fans, too. I know everybody has seen the picture of the gentleman crying when Punk came back. Yeah. And the fact that people were going at him about that. Seriously, folks. If you're getting on the internet just to go at people because you're unhappy with your business and they're happy being fans, seriously, just delete your accounts. I don't understand people because I I like seeing shit like that because it's raw human emotion. Oh, yeah. You know, example, Yankee game on Saturday, I think it was, they were playing the Twins. Mm-hmm. And they got this kid, Andrew Velasquez, who they just called up within the last week or two. You know, he's been bouncing around the majors. Born in the Bronx. Raised in the Bronx. Grew up a Yankee fan. So he's living out his childhood dream. Hits his first ever major league home run in Yankee Stadium. So you've got this kid, like I said, born, raised in the Bronx, mm-hmm. grew up a Yankee fan, living his dream of being in the major league major leagues, living his dream of playing in Yankee Stadium, wearing the pinstripes, and he hits it in front of his family. His sister's there, his mother's there, his grandmother is there. They're all bawling their goddamn eyes out. Did I sit there and go, oh look at those assholes. Why are they crying? I went, no. That's fucking awesome. You and then they go on, oh yeah, he's living at home with his parents and he's sleeping in the in the in the bed he grew up in. How do you see something like that and go, ha, look at that asshole? No, that's raw human emotion. 
Because people are broken and they don't sit there and realize that they're part of the problem. That's it. Because if you can't handle the fact that people are being fans, and I want to just salute. I know we did this on 607 TWS, but I still want to salute Tommy Dreamer. Oh, absolutely. Because he found – he's working on finding the guy that was crying. Yeah. And is trying to hook him up with tickets for Bound for Glory and do some uh, meet and greet with Punk, too. Oh, because yeah. that – is who gets it. And that, that, that guy's going to meet every wrestler in TNA. But, you know, that's the whole point because he's a fan. And yeah. what was he doing? He was having raw emotion. And to see the people were going at him on the Internet, it's like, no, he's not the problem. He's not the one you should be making fun of. You should just put the, pull the mirror up and look at yourself because if you got on, you factor this in. You wasted time, precious time, because time is not refundable. Tomorrow ain't promised. You literally got on a show. You typed it away for however long it takes you to make a tweet. Going after somebody for being a fan. Congratulations. You now are having people live rent-free in your head. Congratulations. You played yourself. Exactly. Because there's no point of view that makes sense for you to sit there and waste your damn time to go after somebody for liking a wrestler or liking a promotion for in just f- facilitating this idea that, oh, well, I got a rep AEW and I can't have this and, you know, WWE sucks and blah, blah, blah. No, the fact that you get on there and waste your time for what? An echo chamber of a heart because somebody hit like on your tweet? Like that's mm-hmm. supposed to make you feel better? I'm sorry. I can't get down with that mentality, and I never will. So you can can sit there and complain about it all you want. But at the end of the day, the people that really won are the fans that appreciated him coming back and knowing that we're going to have some great matches to watch. Oh, yeah. And the fans that were sitting there having that raw motion event, they're the ones that we applaud. Yeah, and I don't mind if you're you're on Twitter and you're critical of of, uh, AEW or WWE. Every company deserves to be held to a certain standard, you know, and and when you see something that's god-awful and you don't agree with it and you want to be critical of it that's fine mm-hmm. what i don't agree is just shitting on something for the sake of shitting on something yeah if you have no merit to your argument just save it to yourself if, if you sit there and you go i don't like this here's what i think they should do that's fine i got no issue with that but if you sit there and go holy shit this show's awful why would anybody watch this this is terrible this is the worst thing i've ever seen i would sooner watch late 90s wcw than this Shut the fuck up. Yeah, there's no place for it and there's no purpose to it. And so, if I catch and if I catch anyone I'm following doing that, you will get blocked. Yeah. I don't give a fuck who you are, and I don't give a fuck if you got a blue check mark next to your name or not. And that's not an anecdote on who I blocked. It's just a point. Drop the mic on it, Pad. I fully agree with you. If you can't appreciate wrestling, you shouldn't be watching it. If you can't appreciate fellow fans, you shouldn't be watching it. Because you're the problem, not the solution. We're going to be celebrating Punk coming back because we're going to have great matches, and we support wrestling. We can be fans about it and say we don't like certain things about it, but at the end of the day, we're still watching and still supporting. That's what you should be doing. And if you don't like something, don't watch it. That's the easiest way to say it. I was excited because I'm a Punk fan. I haven't shied away from that. I was very happy to see him finally come back and see what's going to happen, but it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out with the behind the scenes at AEW. That's going to be the real question mark. Mm Mm-hmm. But to say I'm not excited to see him back, I'm going to be the first one live tweeting on Wednesday night. I can't wait to watch. There's going to be a lot of excitement in the air, and this definitely has been the biggest needle mover going on in the land of sports. And I say sports because even pro wrestling, listen, it is a sport to us. Oh, yeah. 
and nothing has dominated headlines like the return of CM Punk. Earned a Facebook post from uh, SportsCenter. Yeah, so you can't argue anything about that, folks. This has been dominating everything. We definitely deep-dived into it here on the ODPH. You want more conversation about that? Find the Twitch and podcast version of 607TWS because Rich has got a great take for it as well. Because why? We're wrestling fans, and we like to talk wrestling. So you can definitely hit us up on those hashtags, hashtag ODPHpod, and give us your thoughts about CM Punk coming back and who you want to see him face. Be positive. Don't be part of the problem. That being said, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey all, I'm Frank. Join me and my friends as we talk about all things geek. Here at Geek Freaks Podcast, we go over the weekly news of everything in geekdom. From movies to TV, video games, and comic books. We also have a growing YouTube community. Join us as we go over everything in your geek life and share in the love of geekdom. Coming back for another segment on this edition of the ODPH Podcast. And let's keep talking some wrestling. Yeah. This past weekend, we had a lot to discuss. Oh, yeah. And one of the big shows that was happening was WWE SummerSlam in Vegas Mm -hmm. at the new home of the Las Vegas Raiders. Takes me a while getting used to saying that. And holy shit, by the sounds of things, they got some kinks to work out with that stadium. They definitely did, but you know, kudos Whoa. to everybody at Legion Stadium because even with the problems they were having, they were still trying to accommodate fans. Oh, yeah. Like, they could have been a lot worse. They were not. All reports we were hearing were they were phenomenal. And obviously, they wanted to keep everybody happy with a stack card that was going on, so we are going to break down our results here and our opinions of the matches. So, Pat, kick us off. Yeah, so the first match that took place was on the pre-show, uh, and it was between Baron Corbin and Big E, uh, who uh, Baron Corbin lost to Big E uh, by a pinfall in uh, only 6 minutes and 35 seconds. Uh, it was an okay match, I'd say. It was what you wanted from your opening match. I thought he might be cashing in that night because I was remembering Seth Rollins at WrestleMania a couple years ago where he went on super fucking early uh, and then had enough time to rest and recover and cash in later that night. So I'm like, ooh, maybe we'll get a cash in tonight. Was not the case. No, it definitely wasn't the case, but I'm not mad about this. Big E gets his briefcase back. Baron Corbin has become the most interesting man on WWE television. He's living that gimmick in the wild, too. I saw a video Pat McAfee posted on Twitter that he got from a friend that they saw Baron Corbin at one of the casino tables in Vegas mm-hmm. wearing the same getup he does to the show. Like with the, the, the dress shirt that's got the mustard stain that's unbuttoned a little bit down the top and then the black dress pants. He's wearing that shit in the casino. I can't be mad about The man that. is living the gimmick. I can't be mad about him. Like how he's embraced his gimmick. <laughs> I never thought this was going to get over. And sure enough, he's making it happen. So kudos to him. Yeah. Uh, also, side note, you know how much Liz hates Baron Corbin. Yeah. Uh, has not changed her opinion on him any, at, uh, at all. Really? No, still hates him. Wow, Liz Bailey is keeping that grudge. Still hates him. Uh, next matchup, open the show, and I got to say, hot open, pretty good open. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was for the WWE Raw Tag Team Championships, uh, where you had AJ Styles and almost defending against RK Bro. <sighs> uh, and you had the and new uh, WWE Raw Tag Team Champions uh, in Randy Orton and uh, Riddle emerge victorious in seven minutes and five seconds. They sell merch. That's the only they, reason. They do. I don't care about this tag team. Like, I don't watch when they're on. Because I I like Randy Orton, and I like Matt Riddle. I don't like them together. And the bro gimmick is just wearing thin on it, me. It gets a chuckle out of me. You know, I'm not super invested into it. I don't go, oh, I can't wait to watch the Matt Riddle and Randy Orton segment tonight. 
It gets a chuckle. I'm like, okay, okay. It is what it is. Like, I, I understand why it's getting over. Like, I'm not mad at it's, anybody it's the that comedic, likes it. But... It's the comedic moment in a movie, you know, where you got to break the tension. Things have been super serious and action-packed for a little while. you got to break that tension. That's what it is. Yeah, it is. Like I say, I, I understand why people like it. I'm not going to be mad about it if, if you do. It's no. not it's not my cup of java, but you know what? I drink other coffee. And to see Styles and Almost Lose, kind of a little sad, but if the rumor is true that AJ Styles wants to go back to NXT, Joe wants him there, oh, listen, I'm not mad me. about this. I'm not mad about this at all. Give it to me. Because, I mean, Almost, I, he's impressing me more oh, me, and more yeah. every match. Oh, me too as well, just because he's gone from the just that bodyguard, you know, get AJ out of the ring to looks pretty damn good when he's going through the motions. Yeah, like he's got a big upside. So I can't wait to see where it goes stay, from here. Just stay injury-free. Yeah. That's going to be his only downside. I agree with you there. Uh, next matchup was, uh, it was certainly something, uh, that was between Alexa Bliss and Eva Marie. Uh, and Alexa Bliss emerged victorious, pinning Eva Marie in three minutes and 50 seconds. I'm only here for Piper Nubbin. I don't even care about this match. Yeah. Like, listen, I, the Alexa-possessed demon gimmick, whatever it is now you want to call it, she's running with it. She's doing the best she can with it. I'm not mad about that. Mm-hmm. But this is doing nothing for me, and with Eva Marie and um, Piper Nevin, I'm sorry, I don't like saying Dewdrop. I think that's a, a, that's a I, bad I, name. I'll give you that. The fact that they're going to build up to something between them, and we're finally seeing Nevin starting to break away. Listen, I'm here for that. I think that that's a good story. Oh yeah. But the problem I just have is like, where are you going with Alexa Bliss now that the Fiend is no longer part of the company? Mm-hmm. But she's doing the best she can with the gimmick. So I'm not mad at her about it. I just don't like the gimmick. Yeah, she's doing a good job with the gimmicks. And she's doing she's making a lot with not much given to her. You know, and I definitely credit her for that. And I don't I don't put any of the blame of anything on her. No, absolutely not. You know, but I've said I know you checked out of the, the whole thing sooner than I did. I've even now checked out of the whole thing just because what was hooking me on it was the lead up to it with, you know, Bray Wyatt, the Fiend, possessing her and controlling her and this and that, and having those weird moments where he'd move one way, she'd copy him. And then once, you know, just the whole weird relationship they had going on and her slow turn from the good girl to the, you know, the bad, evil female Fiend, you know, and and then once it, uh, she turned into this version of herself, I was, you know, and that whole thing, I was in for that. Now that, you know, Bray's not there and the Fiend's not there, I don't really see where this is going and I don't care. I'm just fearing Lily's going to win the damn belt. Because <laughs> that would be something WWE would do. And, yeah. like, listen. They've done weirder. I will probably lose my stuff on here if, if she if, does. If you don't think they've done weirder, look up the gobbledygooker on uh, Peacock. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. That's what I said. It's not out of the realm of thought. But for what they've done with the women's revolution in WWE – I think it's an insult, in my it, opinion. It, it's a half step back, that's for sure. It, it's a complete insult. I don't care if it's for storyline. If you give a stuffed doll the the championship, yeah. Like, listen, I I just that's such a bad look, in my opinion. I don't even want to get into it. All right, happier thoughts. Next uh, match uh, was for the United States Championship, and you had Sheamus defending the belt against Damian Priest. Uh, and Damian Priest defeated Sheamus via pinfall in 13 minutes and 50 seconds to become your and new United States Champion. Great match. Oh, yeah. This is great. You know, Sheamus always puts on some good matches uh, despite the flack he gets. Uh, Damian Priest, just more and more impressing me. Damian Priest is, is very good. Like I, I, mean, I was I, pretty neutral on him even from his NXT days towards the end. Still kind of neutral on him when he when he came to the main roster, but he's winning me over. I was a big fan of him when he was in ROH. The only thing I will say about this match, though, I am just glad he did not break his back. Doing oh. that flip over the top rope and he came Yay. straight down like to the Yikes. floor. That looked absolutely horrific. Yikes. He powered through it. And yeah, like you said, Sheamus is very underrated for what he does. Mm-hmm. Like I know the character can be very stale at times, 
but he's always solid in the ring, and this was a really good match to get Priest over, who I think they've been waiting to do this since WrestleMania with Bad Bunny. Probably. So, so let's see where he goes from here. I'm okay with this, though. Yeah. Uh, next up was for the SmackDown Tag Team Champions uh, Championships, and you had the team of Dominic and Rey Mysterio uh, going up against uh, the champions in Jimmy and Jay Uso. Uh, and you had Jimmy and Jay Uso retain uh, said championships, uh, defeating the Mysterios in 10 minutes and 50 seconds. The only thing I liked about this match was the new Mysterio shirt. It's Wu-Tang Clan inspired. That, that, that was dope. I might have to pick that up. Yeah. I definitely was like, oh, okay, I like that. And in fact, more people are hitting me up on social media saying, isn't that the Wu-Tang Clan logo? I'm like, mm-hmm. yes, it is. I'm okay with this. Which means odds are they had to get permission from Wu-Tang Clan to use it. I'm sure they did. I'm I'm sure that was probably a very quick phone call. But this match, I mean, nothing really right home about. It was okay. Yeah, Dominic Mysterio, I would like to see go to NXT because I don't think he's main roster ready. No. I'll stand on my soapbox about this. I don't dislike him. Until you put him in a feud where he doesn't have somebody helping him, a la Seth, Mm -hmm. a la his dad. Because let's face it, I have zero minutes of professional wrestling experience. Seth Rollins can make me look like fucking The Rock. Yeah. That's the whole thing. That Dominic has had great dance partners, but eventually it's, it's going to wear out, and he's yeah. not—he's not, not going to be looking so good against some people that are just not on that same level as like a Seth Rollins. Eventually, the curtain's going to get pulled back, and your people are going to start to realize it. Yeah, I would love to see him go to NXT though to get some more seasoning. Yeah, I—I'm I, not saying to write him off like he's David Flair and how unfortunately that career went. I think that this though would be a lot more beneficial if he had gone down. But this is what I see with him on the roster. Well, send him down to NXT and send his dad with him. You know, have his dad wrestle an occasional match, but send his dad down there with him to be a mentor Mm -hmm. and bring some more eyes and get some more people tuned on to NXT. Because, hey, tune into NXT this Tuesday. We're going to see Dominic Mysterio take on, trying to think of, you know, Kyle O'Reilly on NXT this week. You know, and and, oh, by the way, Rey Mysterio is going to be there. He might get some folks going. Holy shit. I'm going to watch that. Yeah. But like I say, this one did, really didn't do anything for me. Usos won. Wasn't super shocked about this one. No. Next up. Uh, was for the SmackDown Women's Championship. And yeah, boy, this is where we get into some mess. Uh, because it was originally billed, uh, and even shirts, I believe, are still being sold. Yep. Uh, promoting, it was supposed to be Bianca Belair defending her belt against Sasha Banks. As was reported on the internet uh, for a couple of days, I forget how many, up to the show. Uh Sasha Banks. Eight days, I believe. Well, that's when, was it eight days? I know they knew eight days, but I wasn't sure it was. Eight days they knew, and then it was a couple days prior. Yeah. Rumored. Yeah, supposedly WWE knew eight days prior to SummerSlam she wasn't going to be able to go. Mm -hmm. People had started to speculate that she got pulled. She started getting pulled from house shows that, like, they, they, she wasn't wrestling matches on house shows, you know, hadn't shown up on a couple of SmackDowns, so people were getting concerned, and that's when the rumor started, and so we got to Showtime, uh, and, and, but like, all right, if anything happens, we're about to find out. And Bianca came out first, so it's like, all right, champ out first. That's usually not a good sign. Uh, and then the ring announcer, I believe, was Mike Rome, uh, announced that tonight, you know, Sasha Banks will not be able to participate tonight. You know, so instead, you know, now introducing, and then out comes Carmella. Yeah. And you heard the air leave the uh, building like a lead balloon. Uh, people were not happy. Uh, thankfully, they weren't booing profusely, but, eh, you know, people were not happy, uh, myself and yourself included, because yeah. don't get me wrong, Carmella, very good wrestler. Am I excited to see her go up against Bianca Belair? No, we've seen that already. We've seen that for about two months now. Yeah, yeah. and as you said on the 607 TWS, you know, Bianca and Sasha is the fight forever. I will see that 15 times and not get tired of it. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. 
So we're like, oh, all right, we're going to get stuck with this. When lo and behold, whose music hits? Becky Lynch. Yeah. The man is back. It had been rumored since, I want to say, WrestleMania mm-hmm. that she was coming back. It was just a matter of when and working her in. Uh, but lo and behold, she's here. The one thing we need to remember is when WWE was bringing back their superstars, mm-hmm. they were waiting to do it in front of a live crowd. Oh, yeah. Uh, the uh, What was it? Uh, Triple H, you know, showing up at house shows, but then didn't show up until, you know, that Monday Night Raw. Yeah. That's the one thing that they know will get the big pop. And no, this was not done in retaliation for CM Punk debuting on AEW. This has been well planned out because what they wanted to do is for their big pay-per-views, have their big superstars come back. Mm-hmm. Becky Lynch is a bona fide superstar. There's no question about yeah. that. So when she was ready to come back, I'm sure that they were debating about WrestleMania, but I'm sure that SummerSlam was the selected date they wanted her to come yeah, back. They were always going to bring her back. It was just a matter of when, you know, and, and. I don't think the plan was for her to show up in any way, shape, or I like what Rich said on T six or seven TWS. I imagine that the original plan was going to be for her to go up against Charlotte and oh, yeah. interfere in the Charlotte match. But once Sasha wasn't able to go, you know, the match with Rhea, Nikki, ASH, and then uh, Charlotte, you know, was already going to be a, a big pop. People are already going to be excited for that. Losing Sasha is losing a big moment from that show because it's going to be a great match. Mm-hmm. You need something to bolster up that, that match again. And again, no disrespect to Carmella, but she's not going to get a huge pop for winning or whatever she does at, at the show. Bringing back Becky, huge pop. Yeah, there's value for value. That was the easiest way to explain that. I know the fans lost their mind because of the ending of the match, 20 20 seconds in, and Becky sucker punches Bianca. Official time, 27 seconds. Yeah, hits her with a rock bottom and calls it a day. Listen, I understand the booking now the more I've thought about it, and obviously talking with everybody in the 607 Podcast fam. It makes sense because, one, this is a short-notice thing. You don't want to have a long, drawn-out match. No. Because I don't think that would be good for business, even though like I was disappointed because I was like, okay, great, we'll have a, a long match, maybe a triple threat. The show already went till fucking 12.30 without a 20-minute match here. Y- yeah. Christ. 20-minute so, match would have put it at 1 in the morning. But it, it wouldn't have been beneficial for anybody. But now, no, no. But now you have the chance to really have Bianca Belair step up to another level with Becky Lynch. Oh, absolutely. And the story they're going to do until they will run it back with Sasha. Like, don't get it. Tw- oh, yeah. Do not get it twisted. Sasha and Be- and uh, Bianca will probably f- wrestle again at WrestleMania. Oh, easily. That's my pick for that. Easily. But in the meantime, you can run a great story with Bianca and Becky Lynch. Yeah. Because Becky now is rumored to be a heel. And I, I think that's possible. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, why not? Yeah. Let her go with it. See what she can do in that. In, because if she's going to be the modern-day Stone Cold Steve Austin. Fans are going to cheer. treat her like a heel, but, you know. But you know what? They can cheer for whoever. This will be, like, the closest you get back to an old-school Attitude Era yeah. match. Because yeah. everybody's going to cheer for everybody. There's not yeah. going to be something that you're going to go against. And, and boo. And for Bianca, this is only going to help her resume and, and grow her star power. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I know initially when the match happened, I had a bit of a sour taste in my mouth. I'm like, oh, that's not good. You know, you just kind of knocked Bianca down a few pegs. But then the more I thought about it, I'm like, all right, well, hold on. You've got Becky coming back, who's a mega star, you know, could be arguably the female version of John Cena or The Rock down the road, mm. you know, in terms of what she does. 
you know, coming back, you know, like you, I know you've said, you know, it's the Wiley veteran, you know, Wiley veteran getting one up on the, on the rookie. Yeah. You know, and the more I thought about it, like, all right, no, wait, hold on. This makes a lot of sense. You don't know when Sasha's, whatever she's got going on. And we're not going to speculate because if there's anything like Rich said, if there's anything we learned from the Keith Lee situation, don't, yeah. spe- don't speculate. Odds are you're probably wrong. Facts. You know, whenever Sasha comes back, you can plug Becky in. You've got a built-in story now because, you you know, if Becky turns heel, you know, Bianca could come up and say, listen, I deserve a shot. I didn't have time to prepare. You you sucker punched me. You know, that wasn't a fair fight. Well, let's go back again. And you can sit there and have Becky play the heel and go, hey, listen, I'm the vet. You're the rookie. You need to step up and learn, kid. Let's, let's give you a taste of your own medicine. Here we go. Yeah, they'll be able to do a great story now. And whenever they want to run it back with Sasha, they'll run it back. Like I said, don't even think for a second that this is not going to be the end or this is going to be the end between Sasha and Bianca. Absolutely not. They're, well, I'm already marking down for WrestleMania. Why not do the biggest show of the year? And they'll steal the show yet again. But until then, hey, the man is back. Mm-hmm. Definitely was great to see Becky back in the ring. And for anybody that's mad about it, deal with it. Like, give it time to breathe. Yeah. Is a short notice replacement. Would you much? Would you have rather watch Bianca and Carmella for the umpteenth time? Nope. It is what it is. So, you know what? We now have a new storyline we can build off of and have fun on Friday night. So, yeah. you know, let's see how this all shakes out, shall we? Yeah. Uh, next up was a match between Drew, uh, Drew McIntyre and Jinder Mahal. Uh, Drew McIntyre emerged victorious, pinning Jinder uh, in four minutes and 40 seconds. Uh, suffice to say, Jinder was hindered. Yeah, I. This happened because reasons. Reasons. Is there a reason for this? Or I, like, I, I, I don't really watch Raw all that much these days. I kind of take the rich approach. I'll, I'll usually watch the opening just to see what's going on. I'll, t- I'll tune out, and then at the end of the night or the next day, I'll check the uh, highlights on YouTube. Is it just because like he stole a sword or some shit? Yeah, it was something about McIntyre now has like a legendary sword, and and Ginger was messing with it. Unless it's Excalibur, I don't give a shit. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole thing. Like, I, I, I'm not a fan of the sword. I don't care. I mean, I like a sword as much as the next guy, but it's weird. Yeah, it's weird, and it, this one it just isn't doing anything for me. But, you know what? Hey, good for Drew, and yeah. you know, Jinder will bounce back. Mm-hmm. Maharaja mode, as <laughs> we saw the sign. He had a fan section in the crowd. He did. Salute to you. Yeah. Who would have thought that four or five years ago? Jeez, I didn't. <laughs> not no. me. Not me. No. Uh, next up was for the Raw Women's Title. You had Nikki Ash defending her belt in a triple threat against Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley, uh, and you had Charlotte Flair emerge victorious uh, in 13 minutes and five seconds to become your and new Raw Women's Title for the one millionth time. I don't like it that Charlotte won the match, <sighs> but this was a really good match. They're really trying to get her to her dad's number like ASAP, aren't they? Well. <sighs> Like, this is becoming as on-the-wall clear as it was when they were trying to get her, they were booking her to beat Nikki Bella's, like, consecutive days streak record, like, whatever the hell that was. They're like, what? You hit a certain point, it's like, all right, they're clearly going to get her to pass Nikki Bella's record, and then she's going to lose it, and sure as shit, that's what happened. It's, I don't know, it's kind of tough to think, because I I don't know if they were just, really not sure about with Becky now going to SmackDown if they had a plan B. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I could think of. But now, obviously, they want to do that match. So both of them are champions going into Survivor Series. That makes a lot of sense yeah. if, they, if they do the champion versus champion. Uh, I wasn't a fan they took it off Nikki. I, but no. but 
it also depends like if they really got a lot of faith in the gimmick like it's grown on me sure. I, I don't mind sure. the superhero gimmick I, I don't I don't mind the message you know yeah the, you know the whole the package they ran during the pre-show and then before the match of like anyone could be a super like I like I dig the message when yeah when the vast majority of your audience is kids you know that's a message you want to pass on to kids that like hey you don't have to be a literal Superman or Batman or, or Spider-Man or Captain America to like make a difference. Like anybody can. Yeah. So I, like I say, I think that they maybe just weren't feeling the ratings just yet. And maybe, yeah. maybe that was like a, a, just a business decision. And you know what, if they want to give it to Charlotte and see where we go from here. Sure. I'm just not sure where they go because I, I do believe we could end up seeing Charlotte versus Becky at survivor series. But what you do with it until then, I have no idea. I mean, maybe a rematch with Nikki is in the cards, but you, I don't want to see her face Rhea again. See, I think here's the... the We've the, already been seeing her versus Rhea for four months. The biggest X factor is going to be the draft. True. When they switch True. up the rosters. I think for right now, until then, you might see a feud with her and Nikki or her and Ripley again just to buy time. And then once they do the big shakeup, then you'll get the next feud. Sure. But I think until then... Uh, it's just gonna be pretty much paint by numbers and just kind of plug and play Rhea and Nikki yeah. in there. Yep. So it was what it was. I mean, I, like I said, it was a good match. Char- yeah. Charlotte. The one thing though, I'm very critical of, and I'm not gonna lie about this, is when she gets to the top rope, she gets. I don't think she understands like how big she is. Yeah, and how much ground she can cover. And you've said that for years. Yeah, even it, even prior to this show. Yeah, and and then obviously she hit that corkscrew uh, twisting uh, jump. Yeah, which looked great, but man, she really clocked Nikki though. There have been a couple times she's almost hit her head on the apron. Yeah, doing that. like that's why I say like I, she does it great, but that's my one like knock on her. It's like just you know you got to time that stuff better. Yep. But hey, if that's the only thing bad that happened in this match, I'm okay with it. Oh yeah. Uh, next up was a match between Seth Rollins and Edge, uh, and you had Edge emerge as the Brood, which was fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you also had Edge emerge, emerge victorious, uh, submitting Seth Rollins in 21 minutes and 15 seconds. Phenomenal match. Oh, it was amazing. If you want to get a textbook classic of main eventers that know how to work a crowd, tell a story, and deliver this is it. I'll say that edge entrance was probably the coolest thing I've seen in quite some time. Oh, the brood entrance. Holy I, fuck it. You could see the smile on Edge's face. He was loving it. Well, you know, to take it back to that time period, man, that was the coolest entrance of wrestling. That song is still great. Oh, yeah. It's, Holy it, shit. It, it still goes. And just to see how they work together, and especially that kind of chemistry, it just goes to show of how great these two are. Sure. Because Edge is still coming back from that injury. He's on that Cinderella story, mm-hmm. and to see him paired with Seth Rollins, that's a dream match we've all been waiting to see. Yeah. They told an amazing story. This didn't have a million super kicks. No. This really got down to business. Had some crazy spots. I mean, Edge Edge was really going old school Edge here. Oh, yeah. It made me very nervous sometimes. Oh, yeah. Not going to lie. Yeah. But once it was all said and done, this was a really great match. It would have been match of the weekend had something else not happened. But I don't mind seeing this getting run back because I think this is fully going to happen. No, I would love to see it run back too, just because Edge and Rollins just seem to have that thing where they just click together. Mm -hmm. Where, you know, Stone Cold and and Vince had it. You know, Rock and Cena had it. You know, you can go through history and just look at the guys who like, you see see them on a card and you go, that's going to be a great fucking match. Yeah. 
these two have it, and I would love to see them run this back again. I would have zero issue seeing this again. Uh, just if you're going to do the brood thing again, get Gangrel back there for it. Yeah, I heard it was a scheduling conflict. Ah, but, that makes sense. But if they could do it, or you know, open the Forbidden Door, get Christian Cage to come back one time for it. If you're going to do it, do it right. Yeah, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sure Impact would have no issue with that. Well, well hey, we want to borrow Christian for a night just so he can do uh, the brood entrance with with uh, with Edge and, and Gangrel. Well, all right. I'm sure the the powers would be might be willing to do a little flex. He, he, like he like to. literally just have him walk out, do the entrance, and and walk to the back. Yeah, that's it. You never say never. Yeah, there's a whole forbidden door. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> next up, though. Oh, hey, oh, hey, oh. Uh, hey, uh, Brightside. It was longer than Brock versus Goldberg. Uh, you had Bobby Lashley take on Bill Goldberg uh, for the WWE Championship. Uh, and you had Bobby Lashley emerge victorious, defeating Goldberg, I guess you can call it defeating him, in 7 minutes and 10 seconds to retain uh, the WWE Championship. I don't care anything about this match. I'm sorry Lashley had to even wrestle Goldberg at this stage. I'm Lashley deserved a, a better opponent for SummerSlam. I had, a, I had a friend ask me on Sunday when I saw him. Uh, he goes, why is Goldberg still wrestling? And and for those who might not know, and you know, because it is a little confusing when, when Goldberg is got to be over 50 at this point. Oh, yeah why Goldberg is still wrestling when he very clearly can't go like he used to, you know, and it, and it's not a, it's partially a booking reason, but it's partially, he can't go as long as he used to in a wrestling match. You know, why is he still wrestling? Well, he's contractually obligated with WWE to have two matches a year through. I want to say it's the end of next year. So we're, we're looking at possibly two or three more matches with Goldberg. Uh, but uh, he's an attraction, you know, he's he's that that name you stick on a marquee and people are supposed to go, holy shit. And I know I said it in the chat during SummerSlam. For me, it was an initial, oh, my God. Like, I know you guys weren't excited to see you, Dog, and some other folks we were watching with at the time weren't excited to see because, oh, why? I was excited when he came back to face Brock because, like Edge, I didn't get to see him. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't get to see him wrestle, and, and I wasn't entirely sure he I'd ever get to see him come back just because he seemed like one of those types that he was okay in retirement. He was happy in retirement. So to see him come back, I was fucking amped for that. I was like, let's fucking go. I get to see Goldberg. Finally. I, I get to see the entrance live. I get to see the mystique and the aura live that I didn't get to watch as a kid. I totally don't give a shit now. Like I've seen it. There's not much to it. There's not much has changed in 20 years. Well, the problem is father time caught up with him. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, there's no nice way to put it. And I understand why he comes back because people really like him and they have great memories of when he was sure. the guy in WCW. That was 20 years ago. But that's the whole thing. It's, it's a nostalgia trip. But you know what? It sells pay-per-views. It sells tickets. So there are, there is a, a fan base that gets it. I'm not one of them. I was never a big Goldberg guy growing up. I, I, I get the mystique and I get the aura just because you you look at his size for the time, which was just massive and huge and unlike anything you'd ever seen before. But it's it's run its course now. Yeah, it's ran its course. But you know what? They got him locked in. So for big events, they'll do it. I just don't want to see him involved in a title match. No, I'm sorry. I, there, I don't either. There's no reason he should have been in this. I'm sorry. There isn't. You could have got a better opponent for Lashley. Lashley did what he needed to do for this match. And you know what? This yeah. is a feather in his cap. It's a resume builder. Sure. Oh, absolutely. Go from here. I'm still holding out hope we have him and Lesnar at some point. That's who I thought they were going to do. That's been rumored since Lashley came back. Yeah. Like, like all of, like, what, four years ago? Something mm-hmm. like that? Mm-hmm. So Still waiting. I'll be I'll be happy to see him get a new dance partner. Yeah. Because, yeah, this match was just awful. 
Uh, and last, you had the main event, which was Roman Reigns taking on John Cena for the Universal Championship and the stipulation, I guess, I don't think yep. it was ever officially confirmed. If Roman loses, he leaves WWE. He said that on SmackDown. Uh, and I was kind of hoping that'd be true because can you imagine Roman fucking showing up on like something like NXT? God damn. Well, you know what? This was a very interesting match. Obviously, a lot of hype for it. Obviously, it should have been the main event and was. Solid storytelling between both. Oh, absolutely. You knew it was going to be the main event because Roman has said it before, and that, it wasn't in kayfabe. Either I go on last or I ain't going on at all. Exactly. He's in that spot, and he has definitely elevated his character there. He needed the win over Cena to really take him to another level, and he got it clean. Oh, yeah. Not mad about this match at all. And I, and I got to say the one thing I loved watching the Brock return video like a thousand times that I don't think anybody's picked up on. I love how after he pinned, because like I mentioned, Roman defeated Cena Vibe and Paul 23 minutes, according to ProFightDB.com. Mm-hmm. I love after the match is over and, and Roman's handed the belt and he's doing the, he's standing there holding the belt. He's standing over the metal, like Cena's waist. Mm-hmm. He's not just standing in the corner. He's just not standing by him. He's standing directly over Cena, and I loved it. Yeah, because Cena gets it. Roman got it. Because for their history and how Cena was always the guy that got one up on him, Roman finally ascended to that level. Mm-hmm. He's now the guy. Not that we didn't already think that. Oh, yeah. But he's now there. I'll say, we acknowledge the head of the table. I pre-ordered the Amazon exclusive Roman Reigns Funko Pop. Yeah. I acknowledge the head of the table. Pad showed this. It looks awesome. And then we get the return of Brock Lesnar. Which, holy shit, didn't see that coming. Viking Thor. Hey, please get rid of that man, bud. You look shredded and you look awesome yeah he looks in the best shape i've ever seen him in fuck he looks scary even scarier than when he was getting ready for his ufc fight yeah like he is just just that man bud he's on a whole different level right now and you know see him now as a proverbial face it may it i you know and and i was watching SummerSlam with my girlfriend and she was like oh did we know he was gonna come back i was like no i was like it was rumored a couple weeks ago that he signed with somebody that wasn't wwe Mm -hmm. but nothing ever came of it i said given the fact that that CM Punk came back. I'm not surprised now. I I didn't. I don't think they did it. You know, on Friday and then that. I imagine that the CM Punk talk started and the Daniel Bryan talk started with them going to WWE and Vince went. Yeah, I'm going to need a marquee name here. Let me uh, open up the checkbook. Well, I'm sure that Vince is smart enough to go. I don't want Brock going anywhere. Brock draws. Brock mm-hmm. is a superstar. Brock is expensive, and Vince can afford it. Yeah, and I'm sure that and he placates to whatever Brock wants to do. Brock wants to work half a schedule. Sure. Brock has got his own goddamn jet. Yeah, so, I mean, he he gets accommodating very much to Brock's demands. And I think that's another thing, too. For Brock, it's a comfort level as oh, well. It is. Oh, it is, but but Brock earns that money in what he does for them financially. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's a win-win for all parties involved. I mean, you may not like it, and you may not enjoy it and think it's shitty as a fan, but if you sit there and look at the financials and what he does for that company and the pay-per-view buys. Oh, it's huge. Yo. It's huge. But that's, but that's why Vince is Vince, and he's smart. Like, love him or hate him. He's smart. He knows where his money comes from. And I think that the whole talk of Brock maybe going to AEW, which was in in discussion, I'm sure that Brock th- entertained the offer, whatever it was. Oh, yeah. Well, don't forget, when Brock, before Brock's last contract, he worked uh, WWE and UFC in, in contract negotiations. Yeah. He ain't no idiot. No, he's absolutely not an idiot. He, like, he knows what he's doing. And he has Heyman as, his, I believe, his financial advisor, if I'm not mistaken. Heyman's involved with his contract discussions, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, they know what they're doing. And plus, 
it's why would Brock want to go? Like, I mean, sure, would he go to AEW and that'd be a game changer? Oh, hell yeah. Well, say so Heyman is to Brock Lesnar like Bischoff is to Hogan. Yeah. Like, Hogan trusts Bischoff even to this day. Well, that's the whole point. Like, he will, Hogan will often consult with Bischoff when it comes to certain uh, things he's just thinking about doing. Brock, I guarantee you, does the same thing with Heyman. Yeah. And you know what? It works out for everybody involved. Like, so I understand why he came back. I'm not mad yeah. about it. Because even if he went to AEW, it would be a big deal. Oh, yeah. But then again, you run into the same problem you have now with Punk. And I got to say, a couple of years ago, even Russell, the last WrestleMania that was in uh, New Orleans, mm-hmm. it was Roman versus Brock. I did not give a fuck for that match because we've seen it already. Yeah. Now, I'm fucking, hold, like, let's go. Hold whole different level whole right now. Whole different ballgame because this Roman is not that Roman. I am excited to see this version of Roman go up against Brock. This it's gonna be. Fun. I'm excited to see Paul Heyman shit his pants like he did during the pay per view. That was awesome on his part. He looked like, he looked scared shitless. Oh, he did. It, it was awesome. It was phenomenal, and overall had a great night for WWE. Yeah, like for being the second biggest card of the year, arguably. Yeah, they delivered. Had great surprises. Oh yeah. I mean, they did everything you want to do in front of a big stadium crowd. So wasn't mad about it. Didn't think it was any retaliation. With AEW, I think that they were just like, we really want to do something for the fans since we got a lot of them in attendance here. Let's make it a stadium show worth remembering. So, so I, th- yeah, I, I can't see WWE doing anything as a slight to AEW. They learned a little too much from going up against WCW. Yeah, I think that they they are like, okay, you got Punk. You might have Daniel Bryan. You might have Bray Wyatt. We'll get into that. We have a beast. Yeah, we have Brock Lesnar and we have Becky Lynch. All right, cool. Like, let's just rock and roll, and folks. And The Rock, if they can ever get you know his schedule to work out. Yeah. But, you know, I wouldn't be holding too much breath on that. No. I would just be relaxing from SummerSlam this past weekend. So hit us up on that hashtag, hashtag ODPHpod. What was your thoughts about the WWE's big Saturday night in Las Vegas? Let's have that discussion, shall we? We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Welcome to Talking Shiz. I am CJ. And I am Maddox. And our podcast... It's like a radio show. We have no certain topics. We talk about anything and everything. And our opinions don't matter. And we do have a pod page. What is our pod page where folks can find our platforms and what we're all about, Maddox? I'm glad you asked. As a matter of fact, that is podpage.com forward slash talking without a G uh, dash shiz. And that's where our, it's our one-stop shop. It has everything there. It has all of our donation links. It has all of the content that we have created, our recent related reviews, and it even gives you where you can find us on different applications such as Google, uh, iHeartRadio, you name it. We're in almost in every single uh, branch of applications out there. So please check it out. There's even, if you want to become an official shizzler, we even have merchandise. So definitely go there, check it out, and yeah, it's literally the best one-stop shop. Absolutely, and sharing is caring, so make sure you guys share, share, share. We're on Twitter, and that's talking underscore shiz, Instagram, talking underscore shiz. We have Facebook, we got our pod page, we have different platforms, Apple Music, Spotify, what Maddox said, we are everywhere. So definitely check us out, and we definitely appreciate you guys listening. Yes, thank you guys, and we'll see you on one of our episodes. Coming back for another segment here on the ODPH podcast. And let's still talk some wrestling. Mm-hmm. And we close out the weekend on Sunday night with NXT TakeOver 36 live on the Peacock Network. Yep. 
And obviously, NXT has been raising a lot of eyebrows lately. Yeah, just a few. There's a lot of rumors of changes coming. That mm-hmm. Nick Khan and Vince McMahon have been doing some roster cuts. Allegedly, more people are involved. And, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty. Of a lot of hearsay. There's a lot of hearsay. So, I mean, we're not going to double too much into that. I do want to close with this segment about talking about the two out of three falls match. Sure. So we will be breaking down everything that happened on the card and kind of the future of NXT. So, Pad, why don't you kick us off? Let's talk some NXT 36. Yeah, so on the pre-show, you had Ridge Holland take on Trey Baxter, uh, where Ridge Holland emerged victorious, uh, pinning Trey Baxter in one minute and 46 seconds. Squash match did what it needed to do. Holland's a beast. Yeah. Let it go. Uh, And then the first card on the main uh, roster was uh, Cameron Grimes taking on LA Knight uh, for the million-dollar title. And you had Cameron Grimes emerge victorious, uh, pinning LA Knight in 16 minutes and 43 seconds. And listeners at home, if you don't have it already, turn down your volume right now. To the moon! Don't say I didn't warn you. Oh, man, this match, this could be another fight forever for me. Uh, uh, yeah. I absolutely love the chemistry between Cameron Grimes and L.A. Knight. They already had great chemistry between the two of them, but then you just throw in Ted DiBiase, and it goes to a whole other level. They have done so much with this storyline that honestly should have been a throwaway. Yeah. And it's so good. And 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 I love the hell out of it just because L.A. Knight, obviously a good talker, good wrestler. Mm-hmm. They took Cameron Grimes for me from somebody who was like, oh, holy shit, he had that one good finish where it was like he stomped the guy out the gate, and that was it, to somebody I actually care and, and, and interested to see he's charismatic as hell oh he's he's got a ton of charisma you know and just everything he's been able to do with this belt and with this run you know has been phenomenal mm-hmm. yeah he's done everything he can with the storyline they've absolutely played it up this was a solid match back and forth yeah. very back and forth uh like i said i can't say back and forth enough because it was just split down the middle even when ted DiBiase got involved on the mm-hmm. outside of the ring they definitely were pushing the pace and this was a perfect opener. So yeah. you know what? I am completely fine with this. I don't know if this is it for them, but if it is for a while, I'm okay. But, man, the sooner they run it back, the better for me. Absolutely. Uh, next up was the matchup for the NXT women's title where you had Raquel Gonzalez taking on Dakota Kai. Uh, and you had Raquel uh, pin Dakota Kai in 12 minutes and 23 seconds to retain her NXT women's uh, championship. Dakota Kai is the MVP of this show. Uh-huh. And I don't think people realize how good she is. She's so good, but doesn't get a lot of recognition because she's not a belt holder outside the run she had with the NXT uh, Women's Tag Team Champions. Yeah. She did everything right in being the heel of this match. Uh-huh. From slowing the pace down, cheating, you know, trying to cheat to win. Like, everything that she did, Yeah, it was absolutely perfect. She took some insane bumps, too. Oh, my God. Which I know we are talking about in the chat on the live stream. It was absolutely insane, but she is doing everything right. And mark my words, I think this is her last match in NXT because she'll be on the main roster when they do the draft. Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking so too. Like I said, Dakota Kai is so good, and she's so good as a heel. She's kind of yeah. like she's kind of like Adam Cole. Adam Cole in real life is a super nice person and mm-hmm. like the friendliest person you'll ever meet. Plays a brilliant heel though. Dakota Kai, same thing. If you see her her social media posts and the videos she sometimes posts on Instagram, super nice, super friendly. But then just plays this vicious mean heel wonderfully. She reminds me a lot of Bailey. Yes. In the sense that they came from being the ultimate baby faces. And when they turned heel, like everyone's like, Oh, how is this gonna work? Yeah. Dakota Kai has turned it to a different level. Oh my god, it's it's so great. It's it's a, been a great 
elevation of her character and, and just growing as a wrestler. Yeah, so this was all win. Raquel Gonzalez is going to be a future superstar. I don't think she's main roster ready just yet. No. Because uh, I don't think she realizes her own strength at times, too. <laughs> no, Because especially so. when she did the finishing slam from the middle rope. Yeah. Uh, we all got very nervous. Yeah. And not saying it was on her fault, but I think it's just, like I said, she's still got some work to do, but she's stepping in the right direction. Oh, so yeah. I think, you know, sky is the limit for her. And this was just a great match. And you know what? If this, like I said, if this is Dakota Kai's last match in NXT, she went out with a bang. Oh, absolutely. Uh, next matchup was not for the faint of heart. Those with weak constitutions uh, need not look on. Uh, it was for the NXT UK Championship, where you had Walter defending his belt against Ilya Dragunov. Uh, and you had Ilya Dragunov uh, defeat uh, Walter via submission in 22 minutes and 8 seconds to become your and new NXT UK champion. And oh my good goddamn, I think I lost a few teeth watching this. This was absolutely violently beautiful. Oh my god, it was it was amazing. It was everything I hoped it would be and then some. We all knew the hype coming from their first time they fought each other, which if you haven't seen that, you need to catch up on that. Absolutely brutal match. Like, you want to talk uh-huh. strong style. You want to talk hard hitting. Nobody even came close. And the fact that they announced this was going to be ran back, I got super excited. The fact they put it on TakeOver 36, I was even more amped up because for people that did not know, one, Walter yeah. is amazing, and Dragunov is a future superstar if, you, if you're if you not familiar with him already. Well, because didn't Rich say Vince tweeted about their first matchup? Yeah. Vince don't tweet about not anything just for nothing. Like, he'll wish out a birthday every now and then, but if Vince is tweeting about it, yo. Yeah, this was how big this rematch was. And for anybody that didn't really understand the premise of it, this was the most hard-hitting match you're going to see all year. It was the immovable force meeting the immovable object. Yeah, and Dragunov absolutely crushed it oh my god his his chest though took a i've never seen welts like that on a man and i mean i've seen some from the indie days with roddy yeah but nothing like on this level no no this was a whole different level of violence they beat the crap out of each other and the scariest thing was dragonoff put him in a chokehold and deadlifted him off the ground Uh. walter is not a skinny man by any no that was all brute strength listen Big future for Dragunov. And for Walter, I'm just hoping that him dropping the belt means he stays in NXT because I would love to see him in Samoa Joe. And that will be chops for days. I'm not ready for it. You're not ready for it, but we will be ready together. Nuff freaking said. Speaking of Samoa Joe. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, he went up against Karrion Cross for the NXT Championship, uh, where he pinned Karrion Cross in 12 minutes and 24 seconds to become your and new NXT champion, and also becoming the first person in NXT history to hold the belt three times. Yeah, this match definitely had a lot of intrigue to it. Obviously, Karrion Cross has been making his appearance on Monday Night Raw. Say what you will about his outfit, because <laughs> uh, there's a lot to be desired. Yeah, it's certainly something. To say the least. But in NXT, he has been the cold killer that we have all seen on the indies and in Impact and Mm -hmm. wherever he's gone. He's always been phenomenal. And Samoa Joe having his return match in almost two years, they lived up to the the moment they were in. Yeah. And they definitely went back and forth. Albeit, though, Joe looked a little blown up a little bit. Yeah, which, I mean, it's his first match since 2019. Exactly. Something like that. They're ring rust. Yeah, so I, I, I fully get it. I'm not knocking it. It was what it was. 
But they they told a great story. The fact that Joe did the muscle buster, Yo. which I never thought I'd see him do again. I thought that move would have been banned given what happened with it. Yeah, I mean, obviously it was a freak injury that happened with Tyson Kidd, but still I was shocked that he got cross up there for it. Hit it once, boom, 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 new champion. The third reign of Samoa Joe in NXT can, kicks yeah, off now. I mean, great match. Saw the ending coming a mile away, just given the fact that, like you said, Cross has been showing up on Monday Night Raw the last couple of weeks. You know, so the right, you know, it's it's you know the one of the big four, big three pay per views. Obviously, that's when typical call ups would happen. So in this case, he's already kind of had his call up. Now the writing was on the wall. It was awesome to see, and I cannot wait to see what Joe does with the belt for a third time. Uh, my recommendation to any of the NXT talent listening down there, if any of them listen to the show, stay out of the parking lot. Yes. Joe is champ. Stay out of the parking lot. Like, have your significant other or a friend or roommate drop you off right next to the door. Don't even take that risk. I just want a reality show of the NXT parking lot. Yo. Maybe it'll make it like parking wars or some shit. Yeah. Give me something like that. I'm here (laughs) here all day just to see the mystique of that. And I know we went out of turn, but the ending of this match, I definitely want to address a little bit more because... This, unfortunately, stole headlines from the main event. And it's nothing against Kyle O'Reilly or Adam Cole. Mm-hmm. But when we get into it, I'll break it down. So let's yeah. talk about the match first. Yeah, so you had uh, Kyle O'Reilly taking on Adam Cole for, like, the third time, something like that. And it was the final time. This is it. You know, just to settle the animosity between the two, uh, General Manager William Regal said that there would be a two out of three falls undisputed finale. You know, it would be a two out of three falls match. Uh, you know, one... Uh, Adam Cole would pick one stipulation. Kyle O'Reilly would pick a second stipulation. And should it get to that point, William Regal would pick the third stipulation. Uh, and you had, uh, I forget what the stipulations were. I know there was a, sh- there was a regular, no, it was a regular. Fir- the first match was regular match. Regular match. Second, second was street fight. Street fight. It was a street fight as picked by uh, Kyle O'Reilly because he won the first match. So it went to his stipulation. So it went to a street fight. Adam Cole picked up the victory in that matchup, which led then led to the uh, steel cage match. Which let's face it, if you if you're new to wrestling, if you ever see a matchup where it's two out of three falls, it's going to the third fall. Especially when they spent the time to hoist the four corners, four sides of the steel cage up to the rafters. They're not going to do that if they're not going to lower them down. Yeah, this was uh, obviously a well thought out plan to get to the steel cage. Yeah, uh, I thought the build to get there was great. However, the steel cage match I thought was a little disappointing. Yeah, uh, the fact that it was one via Kyle O'Reilly putting a leg lock on one handed because yeah. his other hand was handcuffed to the ring rope and making Adam Cole tap out. Yeah, I was disappointed with it. I'm not yeah. mad about the match. Yeah, but I'm disappointed. Yeah, I mean, and I agree with I think either you or Rich said they, they would have preferred a Hell in a Cell match. I, I agree with you. Yeah. I'm thinking back on it though. I'm not sure Hell in a Cell would have fit at the Performance Center. That's what I said. Like, given given the size, but you know what? They also had that thing with what Thatcher and Riddle. Wasn't yeah. It the I I forgot the exact name of it. I know it wasn't the Lions Den, but it was the wherever yeah. the cage match was there. Yeah. Uh, but either way, like I thought this was kind of lackluster. And then obviously the main event happened, but it was overshadowed by some news that broke out right after the event. Mm-hmm. And there's been wide speculation that this was going to be Adam Cole's last match in NXT. Because right, as has been reported, uh, his contract has expired. Or well, it was supposed to expire, but he you know, did a month-long uh, add-on to finish out the storyline and have one more match with Kyle O'Reilly at the TakeOver. Mm-hmm. So everyone's going, oh, Adam Cole's a free agent. He's going to sign somewhere. It's now being reported today, not so fast, my friends, that his contract runs out 
Friday. Yes. So he is still under contract with WWE. He cannot negotiate with anybody. If they do, if he does, it's tampering. And then he get into a whole legal issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what I'm going based off this is I just want to remind people, relax. We don't know anything just yet where he's going. I know there is wide speculation He's going to AEW. Yeah, between the stuff the Bucks are doing, Britt Baker herself tweeted out, baby, but let's point out the fact that Adam Cole did break out one of her moves in the match. Right, but, you know, it's just a little homage to her. Yeah. So I didn't take anything too serious. I knew the internet Is, marks mean, were going to run. Does that mean Britt's going to do a Panama Sunrise at some point? You never know. Yo, I, I dig to see that. I, I'm saying that's completely possible. The one thing, though, is just the Bucks know how to work the internet. As we said. They know what they're doing. They know what they're doing, and obviously Britt Baker jumped in because if anybody's going to know where Adam's going, it's her. Yeah. But I still think the jury is out on where he's going, and I think for everybody that is jumping the speculation that, oh, because he's letting his contract run out currently that he's leaving, you need to pump the brakes. I think what he is going to do is take his time to figure out where he wants to go. Yeah, and I I think that's smart on his part. I think he's also sat there and seen – a lot of releases in his time at WWE and he wants to negotiate the most ironclad best contract he can mm-hmm. that it works in his favor. Nothing untowards can happen to him. You know, nothing bad or whatever that he just wants to get the most bang for his buck, wherever he wants to go that works for him because he sat there and he will, he's watched a lot of people come and go. He can very easily go to AEW and rejoin his friends and be brought back from the dead. You know, but I think the issue with that, Aaron, it runs into, you know, what we've been saying. It's a lot of guys and girls on that roster that are main event guys yeah. and, and want to be in the main event. Adam Cole is a main eventer. Oh, facts. And, and I get that he would probably have an easier time than others getting in the main event because, well, his friends are all the EVPs. But there's still a lot of guys and there's only so much time. If he stays with WWE... He gets a ma- he's gonna get a massive contract. You know, I'm not saying Brock Lesnar t- levels, but it's gonna be a decent chunk of change. It's gonna be very favorable. It's gonna work in his position, and it's been well documented and well reported that Vince loves him and, yeah. and wants to give him a big push if he makes it to the main roster. There's a lot of factors involved, but you hit the big key points on that. All right, if he goes to AEW, he's another main event guy. That's in a locker room full of main eventers. There's only so much room in the pool. Exactly. You have CM Punk, who's the biggest fish in the pond right now. Daniel Bryant is rumored to be making his appearance probably at the New York show that they're doing at Arthur Ashe Stadium. Mm-hmm. Bray Wyatt is rumored, and I stress it's a fit, that word. 50-50 at this point. Rumored. Seemed like, it seemed like right. a seemed like a certainty a couple days ago, but now it seems it's more 50-50. Yeah, the, there's a lot of just going back and forth about where he's going to wind up. And obviously the Bucks were playing into the whole seance thing. I know some people were having the idea that that meant Bray Wyatt. Some people thought it was Adam Cole. I know Rich was the first one to come out and say that it was because of BTE and how they killed him off on BTE, that that would be why they would bring him back via seance. Sure, get it. And give credit to Rich about that, too, not trying to downplay that idea. But I think it's just everybody is trying to speculate where he's going. And the fact that that overshadowed NXT, I didn't like. No. It's not, like I said, it's not anybody's fault. But it's about people running with the idea that, okay, he this is going to be his last match in NXT. Entirely well, possible. Well, yeah. We all knew that this day was going to be coming because, let's face it. The man has done literally everything in NXT. He's carried that brand on his back for how long? A Co- couple of years. 
and there and to be on that star-studded roster to be the crowning jewel is huge. Well, so he definitely had a massive debut when he showed up at the NXT takeover, you know. But oh. then you got to remember, in that time after he showed up, you, we had, were in the middle, I believe, of the Gargano Champa feud. Yeah. So he was still a big name on that roster, but he was overshadowed a little bit once that feud ran out. You know, then he ascended to where he was, you know, the face that ran the place. Exactly. So he's been the guy that's been Mr. NXT. With all due respect to Johnny Gargano. Yeah. He has been the guy. Like, Cole has carried that franchise where he can. If they're in a transition phase, which is heavily rumored going to be happening with NXT, that all these changes are coming, it makes sense for Cole to leave and go to the main roster. Hell, if they did not have enough faith in him that he was going to be a main event player on the main roster, would he have gotten that run a few years back when they did Survivor Series and he wrestled four nights? Oh, hell no. That's what I'm saying with Adam Cole, and they know what they're getting. It's rumored that his contract that Vince has offered is in the seven-figure range. and oh, easy. And there's a lot of win-win about this. So could Cole stay there and, and take the money? I think he does. I don't think he goes to AEW because the problem that he's going to have is, like we've touched upon, you have a, a big main event guy you just signed. It's heavily rumored that you have another main event guy in route mm-hmm. in Daniel Bryan. Yep. Who knows about anybody else? We'll just kind of leave that fair game right now. And that's and that's without knowing from other companies, major stars who are coming up on the end of their contracts. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, the door is kind of wide open about who might be walking in to stay put in AEW. Well, so you can't tell me the instant gallows and interest the contracts are up with impact that they're going to they're going to go to AEW. Like, oh, yeah. oh, that's all going to happen. Bullshit. Yeah, the, I mean, they're they're locked and loaded to be official AEW when their time is up. But it goes back to where is Cole's biggest fit going to be. Now, if he's in it for the wrestling, sure he could go AEW, but then again, like we touched upon, where do you fit on that roster? A lot of fish in that pond. Yeah. But if you stay at WWE, you're going to be a made guy. Oh, yeah. So there's no question to me about where he's going to go. But the hang-up might be his Twitch channel. We know that that's kind of now been in discussion because of how WWE does their Twitch uh, regulations. So I'm sure what he's going to do is take his time and really get the best offer he can from both companies and what's going to be the selling point. I fully expect to see him on SmackDown or to be the face of Monday Night Raw. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing if he stays with WWE Raw because SmackDown right now is, no. there's no more denying it, SmackDown is the A show. Oh, yeah. SmackDown is loaded. We have Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins. Now, mind you, this is all prior to the draft and shaking things up. Mm-hmm. Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Edge. Uh, uh, you got Finn Balor over there. You've got Becky Lynch now, Sasha Banks when she returns, Bianca Belair. Street Profits are still over there, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Mysterios are, are over there. SmackDown is loaded to the nines. So if he works out a contract, whatever, I'm I'm banking on him going raw just because Raw needs some bodies. Raw needs some bodies, and he'd be the big fish in the small pond. Now, is it to say it's locked that he's going to be there? Sure. I mean, no. I mean, we don't know. But I think for the, for the placement that you could be in and, and the money is right, I see him staying. I mean, I don't think that there's really any incentive for him to go, but I'm not him, so I, I'm I'm only doing my speculation here. Don't get me wrong, though. Cole going to SmackDown would be funny as shit, though, because that means he'd have to deal with Pat McAfee on a weekly basis. Yeah. And so, we know their history. Yeah, there'd be a lot of win-win about that one. But there's so many ways to go about this, and that, like I say, I just I felt bad that the card for NXT TakeOver was overshadowed by that. Oh, and I can't even imagine how he feels putting on, let's face it, it's a five-star match. You know, 10 out of 10, A+. It was a great, great match. 
to have it overshadowed and then, you know, like go home, like shower, change, go home, and then jump online and see everybody speculating about it. That like, can't you just enjoy the match for five fucking minutes before you start speculating? Well, I mean, that's the day and age we live in with the internet that people got to get out there with clicks and, and just kind of run with stuff. And obviously hearing a lot of that kind of stuff on Sunday night was disheartening that we couldn't even let this breathe for a bit. Yeah. And then somebody's just got to put it out there. And then that started taking away from what we should have been talking about, which we should have been talking about Samoa Joe being champion yet again for the third time. We should be talking about the match of the year and Walter and Dragunov. We should be talking about, okay, Adam Cole maybe had his last match in NXT. Not that high on the priority list. Like, I, I'm sorry. it Compared to what else you had on that roster, mm-hmm. it wasn't the headline, but it became the headline. And that's no, that's not his fault at all. No, I wanna, absolutely I, I not. I want to stress that. But it's just sad that that became the running narrative that it overshadowed the event. And it's because of what an amazing job he's done in NXT, but it doesn't mean that this is it and this is the end. For him in WWE, I think this is just one chapter closing, and he's going to have a big one opening up. So depending on where we go after this is going to be anybody's guess, but he's now going to become the free agent to watch with all signs pointing that he has two roads he can walk. Which one is he going to do? But everybody should definitely check out NXT TakeOver 36. I give it a high recommendation. I thought the card was solid top to bottom. And the only thing I can be mad about is the finish of the Cole O'Reilly match. It doesn't take anything away from the match itself. But the ending, I thought, was a little sus. That's just my opinion, but you should watch it for Walter and Dragunov alone. That being said, we gave you our review of NXT TakeOver 36. If you want more wrestling coverage, you can definitely head on over to twitch.tv slash 607podcast. Check out the latest episode of 607TWS with Rich and myself. And definitely hit us up on the hashtag, hashtag ODPHpod. Give us your reaction, wrestling fans. What did you think of the show? We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Tom from Tom Joe Lou. This is Matt from Sideroom Sounds. And you're listening to ODPH Podcast. Wanna go where no one knows my name To the desert, the oceans, or the plains Cause I wanna... Coming back for the final segment on this edition of the ODPH Podcast. Pad, what you got for the round the base and take his show home? Uh, not really much going on. I was, I was going to mention the Andrew Velasquez thing, but I already mentioned that in the show, so I don't really have much. That's fair because really wrestling has been dominating the headlines. I mean, sure, I can go into a complete homer pitch about how the king is going to get his number inducted into the rafters at Madison Square Garden. So salute to Henrik Lundqvist, who has announced his retirement. Obviously, he holds a special place in the ODPH hearts because we're all Rangers fans here and we can get into a complete markout moment. But I'm going to wait for Coach Duffy to come back in the studio for that because that's only fair. But let us talk just one more thing about wrestling, and then we're going to wrap the show up because we have to give a little love to our good friends over at Excite Wrestling. They have a big show coming out yeah, September go. 12th at the X. If you like AEW, the one and only Evil Uno is going to be there. Ooh. Fuego Del Sol is going to be there as okay. well. So tickets are still on sale. Albeit, though, I think Front Row might be sold out. The VIP... I know as we were recording, they were getting close to five left. It was like five or four were left last I saw. Yes. So they have a lot of stuff going on. So definitely head on over to ExciteWrestling.com. Tell them the ODPH sent you. And make sure to drop them a follow on Twitch because they will be airing the card if you can't get to the 607 and watch. So there's a lot of win going on with wrestling. And we always preach about supporting local uh, and supporting 
indie wrestling on the whole 607 podcast family. That's what we do. We preach it because why we are fans to kind of tie this all together. We are wrestling fans. We are fans of sports. We give our opinions. We don't go after people for what they like. We might have that camaraderie where Pat will say something to me about the Bills or I'll say something to Coach about the Giants, and that's what we do in the joking manner. We don't attack each other about our fandoms. We are fans through and through, and that's why we give you these shows when we do them. It's a big deal to enjoy the fandom, and if you're being toxic about being a fan, you shouldn't be on social media, and you got to just take a look in the mirror and fix your own problem. That's the easiest way to put it. That all being said, the music you heard on this edition of the ODPH podcast is that of Brian Wolf. He lives in Austin, Texas. Yes, he does. He's got some big, big music news coming out. That Pat, Nickelback cover album? Oh, don't don't tease my heart there. You you know I'm waiting on that from Brian. But, Pat, if I want to find out more going on with Brian, where do I go? ODPHpodcast.com. Right on. You swing on over to the music section. You check out everything going on with Brian. You check out everything going on with – I'm going to carry on with the King of Porch Fest right now, and that is Tom Jolo because Porch Fest has happened locally in the 607. Hey. And Tom has been announced to play. And who better – Rich and I have this discussion all the time. Shout out to our guy, Rich, over at 3FN. Who better than Tom Jolu at Porch Fest, where he's going to be playing. It's a cool house vibe. A lot of music going to be going on. So definitely hit up Tom, and he'll tell you all the whereabouts about it. You should be following him anyway. You should be downloading his music because he's a fantastic human being. So you can find out more about him at the ODPH Podcast website. You can check out everything going on at Second Suitor. Shout out the robots. I think Julian is actually playing a show there, too, at Ooh. Porch Fest. There's a lot of music that is happening here with the bands you hear on the ODPH. So definitely go out and support everybody there, Floodlands, Yard Party, the whole family. Go check them out. But while you're at the ODPHpodcast.com, swing on over to the classifieds. You can check out Friends of the Show. You can check out Organizational Link Support and Black Lives Matter. You can check out all the amazing pod groups we are in via Podchaser pages. Because, frankly, if you're not on Podchaser with your group, you're not in a group. Sorry. It's true. Shout out to the Apocalypse. Shout out to the Inner Circle. And, of course, shout out to hashtag 607 Podcast and our guys over at 8122 Productions, Rich Ron, Mike C., and, of course, the one and only Big Natty Cool. Still on Twitter, Pat. Oh, boy. He ain't getting off anytime soon. But for $1, we'll get you in the door. $3, get you a comfy seat at the table. You can find out everything going on with Diesel at patreon.com slash productions. All of that. New Parlay Points blogs coming out this week. The T Public Store. Go get that Parlay Club shirt. And so much more. OTPHpodcast.com. That's all we got for this week because next week is the big NFL preview show. Locks and leaps. Get your popcorn ready for the one only Padawan J. Fuck the Astros. I'm your host, Ken M. Thank you, as always, for listening to the ODPH podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. Be great fans, folks. We'll see you next time. 